Hello, and welcome to The Reading Room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade, on Twitter, and today I will be reading A Feet Equal by Ishkabibble Bafflegab, Chapter 9, Riddle-Wrapped Insinuation. This fic is rated for mature audiences. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. Chaco can't feel her arms. Or, she can feel them, but they're numb insensate in that particular limbs-fallen-asleep kind of way that tells her she's in for two full sleeves of stabby hot pins and needles when they wake up again. Initially, right after she flipped off the registry's gravity, her arms had gone all weak and tingly, but she could still move them. You know, for the most part. Now, not half a minute later, her arms are just kind of loosely flopped over Bakugo's shoulders useless. Even lifting them might be too big an ask, let alone wrapping them around his neck and hanging on for dear life when he leaps out the building and rockets for the roof. Thankfully, Bakugo's grip is tight enough for the both of them, and every bit as sturdy as the rest of him. Which isn't so much news, as it is newly impossible to ignore, on account of the fluster-making, welded-together press of his body against hers. Over the years, by necessity, Achaco's gotten pretty good at compartmentalizing her less-than-strictly-professional appreciation of Bakugo's chiseled-from-stone solidity. And most days, it's not even really something she has to work at. It's simple force of habit. But right now... While their breakneck ascents got gale-force winds battering down on top of them, and what feels like all her blood pooling in the soles of her feet, and her stomach's whipping itself into a queasy frenzy the likes of which she's never known, drinking in the lean-muscled corded density of Bakugo's physique is less an unfortunate lapse and more the willful, happy upshot of a desperate bid to stave off the encroaching sick. To her mind... Throwing up so soon after she'd activated her quirk is as good as conceding she's already at her limit, and neither the registry nor the ward can afford that, so she can't allow it. No matter how steep the cost of stemming the tide, so to speak, she's got to be willing to pay it. She doesn't have much in the way of currency, though, beyond a half-baked scheme to close her eyes, fix the sum total of her awareness on Tobacco the glycerin, sweet, smoking copper smell of him, the cool, wet fabric cling of his uniform, the taut, powerful breadth of him, and hope for the best. It's pretty flimsy, as strategies go, but her resources are limited, and it's the best she can do in her condition, and so far it seems to be working, so Atraco doesn't waste any effort agonizing over alternatives. Instead, she focuses on the rigor-stiff bar of his arm across her back and the fisted grappler's hold of his fingers, bunching the material of her jumpsuit at the waist, just below her ribs, and the wedge of his knee braced between her thighs like a crude seat to keep her from slipping free, and somehow, amazingly, her shallow ploy does the trick. Before she knows it, they've stopped climbing and entered freefall, and the sheer gut-dropping suddenness of the vector change nearly does her in. Would have done her in, if not for the equally sudden landing, which Bakugo executes with conspicuous precision and attempted gentleness, probably in an attempt to jar her as little as possible. 
but he still hits the roof at speed and hard, enough that he's forced into a low, counterbalancing squat, and she's sent involuntarily skidding the length of his thigh, from knee to pelvis and immediately back again as he rebounds to a standing position like a coiled spring. In a moment of intense, hypersensitized shock, Achako's world contracts to the heady, chafing friction of Bakugo's thigh sliding against her, and she forgets. Her escalating fear that she won't be able to hold out till help arrives, her wallop and nausea, her name, as she comes apart with a strangled cry and sparkler bursts of colors, phosphorus behind her closed eyes. She's mortified. Babakago makes no indication he's aware any of this is going down. Maybe he can't hear her clearly? Or, even if he can, maybe context leads him to assume the noise is more the product of pain than inadvertent pleasure? Achako clings fiercely to the hope that she's just gotten off scot-free, but can't bring herself to really believe it till Bakugo stoops to hike her legs up, one at a time, leisurely as you please, and wrap them around his waist, 100% unfazed. And he continues wreaking oblivious havoc, hands loosely cradling the underside of her thighs, while he snaps something into the open air she misses on account of his hands or cradling the underside of her thighs, and he has got to be stopped before she erupts into literal flames and dies. Good and ready to throw herself down the old shame spiral staircase, Achako perks up slightly when, seemingly out of the blue, a voice that never fails to put her at ease sounds in her earpiece. Copy, Deku here. Shut it, shitwad. We've got a situation. Bakugo interjects, instantly shutting him down. Achako frowns, upset on Deku's behalf, but unable to intervene. She wants to, but when the simple act of opening her eyes leaves her light-headed and sets her entire reality tipsy-twirling, she decides it's too big a risk to try to talk, or move, unless it's absolutely necessary. Better not to test a fragile ecosystem. She concentrates on her breathing instead, on maintaining a slow and steady rhythm in and out. In and out. In and out. It barely helps, and it's difficult to concentrate with the world on a royally pinwheel, but at least she finally manages to distract herself from her original distraction. Bakugo. Specifically, Bakugo's abs and arms and... Nope, that's not a helpful avenue of thought. Anxious for a detour, Achako dips back in on the conversation between Deku and Bakugo, but finds following more in the gist of the thing too tall in order. She knows they're hashing out a plan for safely offloading the registry, and she's pretty sure they mention a student, something about numbers, and maybe that freelancer who went to space a while back? Honestly, it's all kind of running together, curdling into so much unintelligible background noise while her body's busy cultivating an immense, slow-building ache. It's already too much to bear, and the helpless anticipation, the knowing that it can only get worse from here, rings out the tears she's been trying so hard to check. Mercifully, the spins do subside, which relieves her nausea somewhat, but that likely only happens as a consequence of the pain, 
setting fire to her senses and rekindling every last deeply held doubt she's ever had. How did she ever think she was going to pull this off? What twisted arrogance made her so certain she could? This endeavor was doomed from the start. She isn't cut out for this business. She never was, and she can't put off facing the fact any longer. Arav, Achako-san, Deku addresses her, if you need anything, really, anything at all, even if it seems trivial, don't hesitate to ask. I'm here if you need me, just a tap away. You know that, right? Deku's voice is sunlight, breaking through the sky-darkening clouds. His words sweet, precious air, breathing life into her and pulling her back from the brink. Composing herself as much as she's able. I know. Thank you, Dekuka. Always, Deku pledges, with a sincerity she can't not immediately believe. Although, since Kachan's there, you'll probably have all the support you can handle, and then some. Still, the offer stands. The playful brilliance of his laughter uplifts her, and his follow-up reassurance suffuses her with a soft summer warmth. In the meantime, hang tight. We'll be there before you know it. You've got this. Deku's ecstatic pride and unflinching certainty rings out like a bell and echoes back within her a hundredfold. It surprises her, actually, how profoundly his conviction affects her, how easily it restores her confidence. For one perfect second, though the pain never truly lets up, Hachako feels as though she could take on the world. Until, fucking of course she's got this. What part of fuck off already don't you understand? Stop mother-henning and dicking around and go get me my goddamn freelancer. Deku and Bakugo exist as singular entities in one another's lives. Even before they had their mysterious reconciliation back in their first year at UA, they were indispensable to one another, each one constituting the invisible force driving the other to be faster and stronger and better, as heroes and as people. And that's to say nothing of after they reconciled, when their already super weird and impenetrably complicated relationship took a remarkable turn for the almost functional and saw him become an unexpected confidence and, on occasion, something awful near friendly. Now, years later, Deku and Bakugo's dynamic still defies conventional classification, but one thing's obvious to anyone who actually knows either of them outside their well-publicized eternal rivalry, and indisputable to those who know them best. They love each other. They're not BFFs, and Achako's willing to wager they never will be, because whatever the heck they are is way too naughty and intense for that. Regardless, the well runs deep between the two, even if on the surface it doesn't look like very much has changed, especially when it comes to the way Bakugo talks to Deku. But the truth is, while Deku definitely gets the worst of it, Bakugo raising hell and swearing himself blue is just... Bakugo. And Deku's gotta know that better than anyone. No way he takes it to heart. She knows these things, and a harrowingly present part of her likewise knows she does not have time to dawdle. And yet, when Bakugo rakes Deku over the coals for dicking around, and then abruptly terminates the call, Achako feels legitimately and personally attacked. Bakugo has stripped away her sunlight and pulled the very air from her lungs. 
he has stolen from her in her hour of need. Resentfully, Mmm, would it kill you to be nice just once? Not missing a beat. Are you fucking new? There's a nastiness in the comeback that settles her lickety split on letting the fury drive. And one of the more painfully clumsy, and also just plain painful, maneuvers of her short career, Achako has to give everything she's got to push herself back far enough to look him in the face without going cross-eyed. Unfortunately, the exertion takes more out of her than she expects, and she's fully careening by the time she realizes she's got nothing left to hold herself up. But then there's Bakugo, swiftly catching her by the back of the neck, the careful steadiness of his grip at odds with the open hostility of his expression. The contradiction frustrates her. Deku-kun was cheering me on and being a good friend. You had no reason to hang up on him like that. Everything hurts. With every passing second, the weight gets heavier and the agony redoubles and the righteous indignation builds. Because he's so rude and his eyelashes are so naturally thick and pretty and he has no right to wipe her tears away so sweetly while simultaneously tearing her head off for something she already freaking knows. No reason? Every second that shithead spent shooting off his idiot mouth was time fucking wasted. So what? It was my time to waste. Achako knows it's childish as the words are coming out of her mouth, but she doesn't care, can't afford to think about caring. She's got to stay in the moment and keep herself conscious and in the game. And to do that, her instincts insist she has to chase the anger. Lucky for her, Bakugo's an old hat at riling people up. You planning on keeping this shit up all night then? Say the word, Roundface, and I'll leave you the hell to it. You want to get him back on the line and gab like a couple of carefree fucking gossips? I'll even reopen the channel before I go, since you probably couldn't do it yourself with those bum fucking arms. You should know better than anyone that every second counts right now, and Deku needed a boot to the damn head to get so dis his distracted ass to... Achako seizes the opportunity to cut in the instant Bakugo stumbles to a surprise halt, not curious in the least to suss out what's tripped him up. I needed him! She doesn't mean to blurt it out like that, but it momentarily stuns Bakugo into continued silence, so she rolls with it. I already feel like I've been holding this thing up all night. I can't feel my arms and my feet are starting to go numb and it feels like I'm, like I'm being crushed and I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to drop it so the pain will stop. But for just a minute, a second, Deku-kun made me forget all that and helped me believe I can actually do this and you took that away from me. I needed him. Bakugo fixes her a cold look that goes straight to her bones. Bullshit. Achako blinks at him, dumbstruck. Excuse me? Bakugo leans aggressively into her space, eyes narrowed and gleaming with icy rage. I said, he begins, so close she can feel his breath against her face. That's bullshit, and you know it. Her stomach's twisting into knots, and it's got a big fat lot of nothing to do with her quirk. I don't... You know good and goddamn well what you're capable of without Deku feeding you filler-ass platitudes and standing, stating the blatantly fucking obvious. The only thing you need from that shithole nerd is for him to do his job with some proper fucking urgency. The rest is up to you. He's looking directly at her, into her, and me. 
As he says it, the fingers at the back of her neck give a firm but gentle need, and her body betrays her by full-on shivering at the sensation. It shifts the tenor of the whole exchange for keeps, putting her all into pretending she isn't approaching spontaneous combustion levels of overheated. It's not obvious to me that I can keep this up much longer, and it's not okay for you to decide what I do and don't need. She manages, somehow, through the raw astonishment of Bakugo picking up his feet and walking her backward, deliberate-like, till her shoulder blades hit something solid, metallic, and frightful cold. It is when your judgment goes to shit. Resentment and overstimulation have her heart hammering like mad, almost in time with the muffled womp-womp-womp of what she's guessing is an industrial fan at her back. For fuck's sake, you succeeding isn't contingent on Deku's ass-poor excuse for a pep talk. You're floating a motherfucking skyscraper. You turn the registry into a giant fuck-off inflatable. How the hell is that not validation enough? Why can't he understand her morale's on the line here, and that Deku's filler platitudes might be just what the doctor ordered? It's almost like he's intentionally missing the point. You're not listening. Neither the fuck are you. Bakugo's fingers fall away from her neck, trailing fire as her head tips back against the fan for support. What you think you need is objectively fucking wrong, and I could give a shit about Deku's irrelevant dumb fuck feelings. It's mean, warden on cruel, gaslighting her about her own feelings, criticizing her judgment, knowing she's under significant duress. It seems excessive. Like Bakugo's more interested in getting a rise out of her than winning the argument. Like he knows she's spoiling for a fight, and she's given him given himself leave to see how far he can push her. This insight makes the whole thing feel oddly disingenuous, a notion strengthened by his apparent inability to stop handling her. Even as Bakugo is maligning poor Deku for having feelings, he's vanishing what little space left between them sandwiching her between himself and the fan's metal casing, his features sharp with anger and his eyes unmistakably on her mouth. Achako's knees buckle and... Is she breathing too hard? Bakugo reacts, scooping her up by the legs and arranging her around his waist for a second time in as many minutes, even though she's mostly weightless and isn't really in danger of slipping. The dig of his fingers into her thighs is similarly without discernible purpose. It's certainly not necessary to hold her fast or keep her from floating off anywhere. Only one thing that matters right now, Uraraka, he says, at a quieter, slightly sinister pitch, and it's got fuck all to do with Deku. Bakugo pairs this riddle-wrapped insinuation with a smug bastard smirk, and the combo is devastating. Achako's frustration hits critical mass. Bakugo's being an obnoxious, puffed-up jerk face, and he's also considerately wiping away her tears and propping her up and giving her guff for daring to doubt her victories anything other than assured. And he's got a decisive intensity to his gaze that sets a charge humming through her. And he's beautiful, and she's so sick of pretending she doesn't want his big, dumb, angry mouth on her mouth. You're such an absolute prick! She explodes. His red eyes flash, and he grins, giddy murder. All teeth and madness and unapologetic excitement at the prospect of taking this fight to the next level. 
Bakugo opens his mouth, no doubt to fire off the next volley, only to have the initiative immediately stolen from him when Achako leans forward and presses her lips to his. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.